Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I am one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade. I'm also a witch. Witches for life. That's the new motto of this podcast. I really don't. We don't have a motto. We don't have a saying. (laughs) I don't know where that one even came from. You're just feeling too spunky tonight. Uh, it's St. Patrick's Day, and I'm not even slightly, I, I, I got nothing. I just, uh, this is apparently who I am right now. At least I'm not making voices anymore, so. So, Ancestry re, like, analyzed my DNA, and they took away all the Irish, even though I have historical family records from Southwest Ireland of when we left. I'm pissed. That's horrible. And I'm suddenly like 17% Scottish. Was no, never that's okay. That high. The Scottish are like kind of cool though. Mm, yeah. Like, all right. I keep wanting to do uh, like 22 and me because I know you really like that. I know like everyone in our friend group has done it, but it's also like $200. Well, that's the one that does the health as well as ancestry so i think that's better but yeah i totally spent 180 on my 23 and me it's so expensive like i really do want to try it i mean i'm assuming that i'm 50 percent swedish because both my parents are swedish like heavily swedish i'm very swedish But there's also that running conspiracy theory in my family that I'm adopted. So maybe this will finally prove a point. I don't know. Especially because I don't look Swedish at all, so. That's the fun thing, too. Hidden genes. It's not always on the outside. Anywho, let's do this. Mine are totally on the outside. Mine are not hiding. They're just like, hello. It is I. The genes that no one else in your family has. Well, that's that's what I'm getting at. Your Swedish is there. It's just inside all the guts and stuff. Not the looks. My Swedish got destroyed by all the other genes. No, I was well, told I to just, sit, no, sit down and shut up. That works. Let's go before I start starting a biology lesson. <laughs> That's what the people come for is Genetics 101, starring Jade. So, nothing to do with this episode. I'm actually going to introduce this episode now, and we are going to get going on Witches of East End, Season 1, Episode 6, Electric Avenue. That is the farthest I've ever gotten into this introduction. Amazing. Can you say that nicely? No. Do you want me to? Was I very aggressive? A little bit. Like, we're going to cut out most of that, or a good chunk, and then this is going to be mad. (laughs) The anger will come through, the frustration of the situation. You're very expressive, so. Thank you. Uh, It's the years of drama and having theater parents. Uh, I also realized my notes are wrong, but it is what it is. So, episode six, Electric Avenue. A little sweeter that time. I can be nice. So 
I'm going to start this off by also just saying uh, they jump around a shit ton in this episode. So we just kind of group stuff that we thought like was relevance and happening about the same time together so that we weren't like this scene, this scene, this scene, because it was about to be like Motherland Fort Salem right back up in here. And I'm sick of that. So we did not do that. That being said, let's jump into this episode. Shall we? So I like that this episode is called Electric Avenue. And who, boy, it is electric. (laughs) Um, So, just the intro. Very heartfelt. Ingrid's fixated on Adam's death. Funeral is apparently that day. Wendy's super supportive. I'll go with her. Super supportive. I'll go with you. If you want to go to the funeral, I'm not going to go. It's all my fault. I don't want to play, you know, the grieving widow. It should be for family. Well, Wendy's like, okay, I I understand that. That's logical. We should do a ritual, though. Say goodbye. Ingrid still declines. Asks Wendy to let her grieve in her own way. Goes back into her room. And who's standing at the window? Well, Adam himself. Ingrid. Ingrid. What the hell, baby girl? Oh, God. I. What blood I, spells did you do was my first thought. And then, oh. I feel like a lot of this episode was me being like, Ingrid, this is why we can't leave you alone. Like, this is why we have to put you on a buddy system at all times. Oh, Ingrid. Oh, yeah. I'm also low-key disappointed. I would have liked to see what the ceremony was that Wendy wanted to do with her. Right, me too. Yeah, thought that would have been cool. There's a couple things that came to mind, but there's still so many options, so. Oh, well. Well, then we start cutting over. Penelope, which is Dash's mom, because I could never remember, so I'm going to keep saying it like that, probably. Uh, And Freya (laughs) are... At Fair Haven. Fair Haven? <laughs> I'm trying not to break down laughing as well. Don't judge. <laughs> They're ogling a wedding dress that the workman found in the East Wing. Desh almost sees it, but they hide it. Frey can't believe that she is about to live in a house that has wings. Crazy. And then... Penelope, it's just, you know, such a joy. Oh, it's going to look so much better than that tacky thing Elise was going to wear to Dash's first wedding. And just leaves. Oh, great. Let's just, you know, bonding and then just set that shit on fire. So I think Freya brings this up a lot. And it really bugs me because Dash will never answer the question. But Freya has asked a couple times if, like, Penelope really liked Elise. And I feel like if she did, it would make sense, like, why she probably, like, really dislikes Freya. Is because, like, you know, she already, like, had someone she really connected to and, like, identified as a future daughter. And then, like, 
it ended up tearing her family apart. Like I, I could see how this would be a huge emotional like wall problem for Penelope. But Dash never answers the fucking question. Every time she's like, hey, did your mom just like really like Elise? Like, were they close? Dash is like, why does it matter? Why are you asking? I'm like, it's a very simple question, Dash. Like, just please answer the question. You could literally just be like, yeah or nah. Like, I just, it's driving me crazy. Well, that sucks. Don't worry, don't worry. Things happen. Frey tells Dash, though, that despite comments like this, their relationship is get better. So what to do for that? Cut on over. Miss Joanna is sketching in the backyard. Harrison arrives. Uh, hey, we have court in 10 minutes. Let's go. And then uh, Joanna says a line that I really like. It's just surreal that she's charged with a murder she didn't commit and committed a murder no one knows about. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, Harrison just fawns over her. Uh, <laughs> loves that she owned her power. She stood up for family. And it just made him love her even more. Joanna doesn't believe him. Fair. You know, they've known each other for like 200 years. But he's like, no, 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 no. It's not a BS. You would catch that anyway because we've known each other for 200 years. You could tell and tell the truth. I really love Harrison. Like, I, I love Harrison. I think he's great. And it's truly because I love the, like, character of him where everyone in the family is like, well, yeah, you're like this corrupt slimeball lawyer. And he's like, yes, but you guys love me and I'm nice to you. And it's yeah. just like a really it's a really great interaction where he never denies it he's just like yes but i will be nice to you like <laughs> you are welcome focus on the real things here <laughs> it's just That's so great so even though it actually appears a little bit later in court we're just gonna get this all over uh mara can't remember the exact details of the attack Notable thing that happened, she goes to pour herself some water from the, just a pitcher sitting there. And it looks like it's all larva. So she drops the glass in the pitcher and screams. They have a little recess. Come back to it. And then, because she can't remember anything clearly enough, in the end, the judge dismisses the case. It's crazy. But Joe's a very nice person. It's just, she's happy, but then she's worried about Mara. Because that's weird. I also like Harrison and Joanna, like, share this hug, which is everything. Because it's like, the case gets dismissed, and she's, and Joanna's like, but is Mara okay? And Harrison's like, or you just have an amazing attorney who knows what he's doing. And he's like, kind of def- by the fact that she's like not acknowledging how great he is so he's like packing his briefcase and she just like comes in front of him and like hugs him he doesn't even return the hug it's because it's like so random it's so great I loved it also like weird thing I feel like I need to note because it 
I just, I felt like I needed to note it. They're not larvae that she's pouring into the glass. Those are mealworms. Um, yeah, I was like, these look familiar, but I can't place this bug. Yeah, those are mealworms. They're like the most commonly used on-screen bug, I want to say, because they reproduce like crazy. They're very slow and you can use them to like feed like rodents and stuff. So when I worked at the zoo, we had an entire tub of live mealworms that I used to have to like give to the ferrets and like the gophers. We didn't have a gopher, what am I talking about? The groundhogs. And it was the worst because they do just kind of move and are still alive and hard. Like they're not fun to play with, but they're, they're high on protein. I think you, as, like, a human being, could eat them. I'm fairly you certain can. you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely, like, I don't know if anybody else did, but in fourth grade, I think it was, we raised mealworms to, like, study bugs and various other biological cycles, so... Yeah, they're like they're they're super common, like one of those things that that just like stuck with me where I'm like, oh, I remember our tub of mealworms, like, oh, the ferrets were fun. The mealworms sucked. Cause also sometimes the mealworms would escape like the ferrets enclosure. So you'd go in oh. and there'd just be like mealworms like wandering about and you're like, oh, I gotta clean that up. Right. <laughs> traumatizing that was all it was, right it was better than mealworms escape than the ferrets escape because if a ferret escapes an enclosure like you're not finding that ferret no they're crafty bastards <laughs> that that little bitch has left the building i also feel like i need to note that like i live in california where ferrets are illegal to own because of like native species laws and that's why the zoo had ferrets where these were like repossessed by illegal dealers and we would take care of them until they could be sent somewhere humane but we had like four ferrets um it wasn't like a weird zoo that was just like and to your right ferrets like it we did it as like a park for california but anyway thank you thank you feeling so enlightened Okay, um, jumping back up to Adam and Ingrid. So, we know he's there. Don't know what his deal is. So we're cutting back over to where they're in Ingrid's room. Just chilling on the bed, basically. Adam can't find his phone. He knows that, oh, I haven't eaten in a while. Not really hungry, though. That's weird, but oh well. Oh, wait, maybe I should actually get back to work. They've apparently been in this room for three days together. Ingrid says, no, no, we're happy. I'm skipping work, too. Skip another day with me. It's okay. Turns out they also get a little shock every time they kiss. Very, uh, very frightening. It's kind of cute. Honestly, oh, it's kind of cute. But uh, recently, because I live in Texas, in 2021, we had national news of, I call it snow again, but really, I think news is calling it snowvid. Where That's a horrible name. Right? I 
I hate it. Oh, the news. Everyone's calling it Snowbid, though. I hate it. Um, Stupid. So basically, like, the whole state lost power, and it was, like, 12 degrees in February in Texas. So, uh, I don't remember where I'm going with this. <laughs> Uh, does it have to do with electric shocks in your house? Yeah, it does. Hold on. Woo. Stop drinking. I haven't had that much. I'm literally the second beer. Um, it's St. Patrick's Day. No sleep will do that. So, temperature change from that to like the 80 degrees, and then now we're back to like 60 degrees. And a lot of static electricity. And like every time, every other time I kiss my husband, I get statically shocked. So now I'm traumatized by it. So then when I saw it on TV, I was like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, no. Even though you think it's cute. So I thought it was cute only because like if this wasn't, if we didn't know that Adam, if we didn't know what was going on with Adam, if we didn't know what just happened to Adam, if this had been like a new introduction of a pairing couple and this was a different show slash movie slash book, this would be like a sign that they're soulmates or something. This would be like one of those things that's like, why does this physical reaction keep occurring? Like I am conditioned to dig it from YA fiction. Alrighty. Valid point, I guess. All right, more about Ingrid convincing Adam. You know, we're skipping ahead. Still convincing him. He's got to say, hey, trust me, no one at work is going to miss you. Uh, don't even worry about your cell phone, etc." Well, but then she confesses that um, you're dead. You're more of a conjured apparition than a flesh and blood person. And suddenly he actually, like, looks over in the mirror, sees himself, and it's just blood gushing from his nose, like when he died, etc. He apparently not, not died of like, he like died of an aneurysm, she says. Yeah. Which is uh, terrifying. Right? Silent killers. Boom, you're done. Basically. So she does a spell to reshift his, his reality to a better perspective. Um, the store, the spell literally translates to restore vision. Not even gonna try to barter those words. Adam, of course, freaks out though. What the hell are you? And leaves. Very helpful. Very helpful. Freya, Freya, this is Ingrid, the person of the scene. She um, she needs to get her act together. This is like, it's a horrible thing to say about Ingrid because I usually really like Ingrid. But I feel like for someone who's supposed to be like our cautious character, anytime she gets her hands on magic, she just goes like full Titanic on us. Like every episode she's been like, Aha, JK, I'm amazing and tries to like change the world. And every time it backfires and Wendy's like, yo girl, don't do that. And 
yet here we are, episode six, being like, yo, girl, maybe don't do that. It's just Ingrid, Ingrid, Ingrid. I don't know what else to say about her. Yes. Well, during I, I will find more things to say about her, first of all. <laughs> give it time. Yeah, give me more time on that. But while all this is going down, uh, Freya has gone to work. So she goes at the bar where she now obviously works with Killian. And it looks like the jukebox is on the fritz or like just needs to be fixed or whatever. Because Killian's like pulled it out and is kind of working behind it, like butt in the air. And Freya kind of stops and, you know, checks him out. It's a little once over. And from behind the jukebox, Killian's like, I can feel you undressing me with your eyes. Very just statement fact-based. Not even like sexy dives. It's just like, yo, here's what's it's happening. happening. It's a thing. <laughs> um, I love Freya because she immediately panics. Is like, I wasn't. I was putting more clothes on you, like a hard hat and gloves and a safety vest. I am concerned about my fellow employee's safety. <laughs> smooth but during this whole interaction there's like this blonde girl at the bar that is just staring down Killian like intently very intensely there's there's nothing else I can really say about that it's just it's happening and it's happening during the whole jukebox scene and then Killian like goes in the back to get something Freya goes around the bar and this woman's still kind of like staring at where Killian was. And Freya's like, oh, hey, can I get you a drink? Like, can I help you? And so they chat for a minute or two. And then this girl is like, oh, I'm Elise. Yeah, that fucking Elise. The Elise that was the ex-fiance. She has arrived. So this is kind of where we just like break away from this scene. We assume like more shit goes down, but we don't really get to see it. And this is also more like tying back and forth to Ingrid and Joanna. So it is what it is. But we eventually catch back up with Freya, who is now back at her house. And she's trying on the antique wedding dress that Penelope had given her that they found at Fairhaven. And I'm going to tell you, this dress is beautiful. This dress is freaking beautiful. It's lovely. I was digging it. It's just like a kind of sheath, heavily like flowered, embroidered, like lacy texture dress. It's gorgeous. Nice and light and airy. Yeah. I mean, also it's Freya. So like we could literally put like a burlap sack on her and she'd look stunning because yeah, she's ridiculously pretty. But she's trying it on. She's like going into the full length mirror, looking at herself, trying to see how she looks. And Wendy comes in and just like freezes and goes white. And Freya's like, hey, what do you think of this? And Wendy immediately cuts her off and is like, where did you get that? Take that off. And we get this weird flashback as the viewer to Ingrid wearing the wedding dress and like falling to her death. So that apparently happened. Lovely. Yeah. Happy no context. It's just apparently Ingrid died in this dress once, which is unnerving. 
So Wendy magically pulls the dress off Freya, like throws it across the room and starts burning it in midair. Just not having it. Love this. Just so smooth. Wendy, Wendy could not handle the dress. Like not even for a minute. Not even enough to be like, hey, take that off real quick. No, it's like, I will grab this off of you and we shall burn it together. Uh, Freya though is like, hey, I liked that dress. And it's kind of like, oh, poor Freya. She has no idea. But then Freya kind of admits to Wendy after Wendy's like, yeah, that was Ingrid's once. We just, we don't talk about it. It's a long story. This seems to be enough for Freya. She's dealing with her own shit. And Freya admits to Wendy that she met Elise, that Elise. And she's kind of worried about it. Like she doesn't think there's anything that's going to go on between Dash and Elise, but she'd rather hear it from Dash. Wendy kind of reassures her and is like, yeah, you know, you should talk to him, get some clarity. I'm sure he'll be fine. That boy loves you. I've read his aura. It's crazy. He's crazy for you. And I love, Wendy then goes to leave. She's like, yeah, just, it'll, it'll be great. She starts walking out and Freya's like, hey, we're, we're going to talk about the whole wedding dress thing. And Wendy's like, uh-huh. And just keeps walking. Oh, Wendy. I love it. Just a force to be reckoned with for every little thing. <laughs> They're never going to talk about that. Nope. Nope. She's just going to keep deflecting, but still. There's no way. Totally. We then cut to Adam, who has gone to his own funeral. Wow. Pretty morbid. Uh, They do have, like, bagpipes that they're playing for him, and it looks like he's having, like, an officer's funeral of some form. I've never been to a law enforcement funeral but i'm assuming this is what it's like i think it's a little bit different everywhere you go but yeah i think so i think you're on the right track because they totally do like a 21 gun salute yeah it reminded me of uh, my grandfather's funeral which was a military funeral because my grandfather was in world war ii and like so we had him entombed in a military plot everything and that does do like the whole flag folding and the officers and everything but like I don't know if Adam was in the military but it looks very military as and then there's bagpipes I, I don't know <laughs> for some reason there's bagpipes but Adam's kind of watching and Ingrid approaches him and tells him that's okay, that they could actually live their lives like this. This could be fine. Like, he's a ghost. She's a witch. They could make this work. This will totally work out. Adam seems a bit more accepting of the situation now and is like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, we'll have each other. And asks about the people at the funeral and how it goes connected to him now that he can like see them as there be a little bit of a magic rule so only witches can see adam because adam is now just pure energy 
So mortals and humans will not be able to just deduce that. It will only those who have like the eyes of witches or are connected to that kind of energy can then see a ghost. So Adam can like walk through the entire funeral and no one will be able to see him but Ingrid. There's a little bit of some rules and some backgrounds for what is going on with Adam, especially now that it seems like we're keeping him. We then cut back to uh, Freya who has re-entered the bar and Elise is still there just staring down Killian like a mad woman. I would not feel comfortable with this if I was Killian. Like, I, I get it. He's an attractive man, but it is predatory. Yeah. That's an excellent way to describe it. You're welcome, because I had to stop and think about it when I was watching <laughs> it, because it was awkward. Intense. It's Yes, it is definitely that. So Freya kind of marches back up to Elise and is like, hey, uh, we got we got to talk about this because, you know, I know you were engaged to Dash and I know that that was going on, but I'm engaged to him now, motherfucker. She doesn't say that, but oh. I added it in. <laughs> the tone. Subtext. It's subtext. <laughs> We're super on it tonight. Um, and Elise starts like just marching away and is like, well, I'm going to do what I want because you can't stop me, you little bar wench. And Freya goes marching after her across the bar and is like, you can't just walk away from me. To which Killian stops her and is like, Hey girl, um, who, who are you yelling at? And Freya's like, Elise, she's, she was here. I, you know, I had to yell at her. Didn't you see her? And he's like, oh, Freya. He, he, oh, Freya's her. Oh, Freya. Someone's playing a joke on you. Elise is dead. Yeah. So now we got two ghosts. We kind of just cut away from this. We don't get to see what happens after this. I assume it does not go great for either. But uh, we have Wendy who is out in the garden and Joanna and Harrison kind of march up to her and are like, hey, we like won the trial, it was dismissed, but Mara started getting really weird during the trial. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you, Wendy? This was a real life, they were a team front coming on to Wendy. <laughs> and Wendy's immediately like, what, what are you implying? What are you trying to say? What would you think I would do to hurt either of you and Joanna again gives us a bit of like laws of the world and is like so I'm not not accusing you I'm, I'm accusing you but if you cast a memory spell on Mora, you know that like those are really dangerous and can't be reversed and you don't know what the side effects will be because everyone reacts to them differently because that's how minds work and if you did this 
it was probably not a good call. Not saying you did. 100% saying you did. Wendy immediately gets upset, very defensive, and goes, I can't believe you accuse me of anything right now. I'm just trying to help your family. I'm just trying to save your fucking life. And just kind of marches out, to which it's just Joanna and Harrison again. And Harrison's like, yo, you believe her? She goes, not for a second. <laughs> it's just this excellent moment. I love Harrison. Yes, coming in clutch right there. <laughs> it's very smooth. I like that part too. All right. So after Wendy storms off, she goes into the kitchen because Freya finds her there, still sipping on her champagne. As if ghosts are real. Well, yeah. And then I really, just real quickly, I like the side note. Oh, what else is wrong? Vampires? No, vampires aren't real. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Like, I mean, I understand that you, you, know, you find out a few more things like that are real. Let's go full circle. That really cracked me up. First of all, I laughed really hard at this, too. But I also really liked it for just the, like, deep dive aspect of it. Not the segment in our show. <laughs> but the author who wrote, wrote the original books, whose all this show is based off of, she also wrote Blue Bloods, which is entirely about vampires and how they're real. So I love that they're like, well, then what about vampires? They're like, no, vampires are stupid. And I was like, <laughs> Ooh. All right, Wendy. Well, Freya tells Wendy that according to Killian, five years ago, at least took a bunch of pills after being dumped. Dash found her. She died. So, basically, long story short, well, hey, there's nothing we can do for ghosts. Um, they have to leave on their own. They gotta choose it. Uh, but, uh, but how did Elise get here? You know, if it's been so long and there's no trauma or anything... This like and the first time really she's like approached this. you or Dash? Yeah. Yeah. And as Wendy's talking, she's kind of answering her own question. You can see that light bulb moment. The wheels are turning. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she runs up to Ingrid's room and gives her a good tongue lashing. <laughs> it's like Adam and Ingrid are about to have sex. <laughs> Like almost, yeah. They're they're on the bed making out, fully clothed, but you know, making out. Uh, Adam gets dismissed from the room. They got a nice little chit chat. Hey, guess what, Ingrid? Elise piggybacked off your spell. You shouldn't have done a spell on your own. Like I've been effing telling you. But I read about it in my books. Well, your books didn't tell you this, did it? Uh, <laughs> Just the back and forth drama. I love it because, like I've said, Wendy's such a spitfire and Ingrid thinks she's a know-it-all, but she's just too new in this episode or in this show, in this life, goodness, of hers. I have a feeling Ingrid was one of those people to which, like, everything academic, mentally came very easy. Like, she was one of those people who took, like, AP courses and never, like, once studied. Like, and got, like, 4.2s in college and were like, yeah, I graduated with honors. I don't know. I just, 
would read a textbook from time to time. Like she's just, she was one of those. So I, I really think the idea that like now she's in a situation where all that means fucking nothing. She is like scrambling to keep like that higher than self mentality. But it's like, no, I'm still a genius. I can do whatever because everything works for me. Like I've never had mistakes and mess ups like this. Like it. And it drives me crazy. I'm just like, oh my God, just like, I want to slap you in the face, Ingrid. You don't, you don't even know. You don't even know. So, I mean, not to toot my own horn, not that great, but like I'm having traumatic <laughs> flashbacks as you're talking. You know, like all those kids, they get told they're gifted when they're young and then they plateau typically in college where they can't keep up the steam because my short-term memory like all of high school I was a B student but I took so many AP classes that it was still like a 3.9 um but then yeah college was a whole other ball game because of course I couldn't short-term memory that and all my classes were fun and interesting but still made it through got my bachelor's thank you very much yeah, you, so you I, still I completely understand where Ingrid's coming from, but at the same time, yeah, seeing it from the outside, the whole, the whole other ball game. I mean, I'm also low key call, like calling myself out. I am also one of those people who was like, I I have a very quick tendency to pick things up, like that. That's just been like my whole life. It's been like, I take two classes and something and I'm like, okay, I'm picking this up. I know what's going on. Bump, bump, bump. But I also understand from like an outside perspective that I'm like, that is not the way the world works. Like I should not be writing on this and I have to really be open to like learn from others who are better at these things than me. Who's just like kind of picking them up and then feeling like I'm killing it. Like, I just have too high of a self-esteem. They have actual fucking skill. I gotta connect with that. <laughs> so, also slightly calling myself out. Back in the show, I also want it noted, when Wendy bursts into the room and finds Adam and Ingrid, when she says this line that fucking killed me, where she's like, no wonder you're not in mourning. You're too busy up here getting laid. And I was just, oh, that's right. I fucking Wait, love Wendy. Beating around the bush there. <laughs> it's like poor Adam is like, they can't see me, right? And Wendy's like, no, I can see you, boy. Get out of the room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. like, oh my God. Wendy like seriously had to like raise, like pick up the parenting medallion today. I don't know where that phrase came from. But it's like, Joanne is dealing with her whole court case and everything. So she's been kind of like MIA. So Wendy's like, I'm going to mother the fuck out of this situation. Like, I have been called. I'm frontlining it. This is what I got. Boom. And what she got, you know, Wendy lets her have it. Um, Again, still mad that you... You effed up before. You should have come to me like I told you, like a guide you through the right things. Uh, but he has to go back because if he doesn't go back, 
by sunrise. Full moon that night. Got to do the ritual then. If he doesn't go back by sunrise, he's stuck there forever. And that won't be so healthy, basically. The worst um, part of that was, like, Wendy says this. She's like, he has to go back tonight because it's the first full moon since you, like, summoned his spirit. If he doesn't leave by the sunrise following the, like, full moon, he's stuck here forever. And you don't want that for him. And then there's, like, three beats. And Wendy, wheels still a turning like a genius, is like, but I know that was in the book. And you know that, too. And that's just dark. Like, yeah. I'd be willing to give Inger to pass if maybe she didn't know that. And she was like, no, it's fine. Like, we can fix this whenever. But she did. Ah, Ingrid. Changes people. Ah, it's rough. It is. Yeah, and Wendy does her best to make Ingrid see it from, like, Adam's perspective. Uh, Ingrid grows some balls, though, and just makes Wendy and Frank get the F out of her room. Way ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Cut over to uh, Joanna has apparently slept with her. I mean, really not put at the same time. <laughs> It still kind of surprised me because, like, I don't, I didn't know if, like, Joanna, like, had Felix or Harrison or if this was just, like, their fun banter they did every couple centuries where it was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny? Like, we're immortals. What else we got to do with our time? But, like, then they sleep together and I was like, Joanna, you mix. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I kind of felt the same way. But then she, she gets up goes behind the, you know, the room divider thing that I can't think of the actual name. Dressing screen? Thank you. Wow. (laughs) Cut all that shit out. Joanna gets up, goes behind (laughs) Joanna gets up, goes behind the dressing screen, snaps her fingers, basically, and is fully clothed from her robe. And Harrison, poor Harrison, just, oh, what do you get dressed for? Uh, you know, I thought we'd order Chinese and I'd feed you dumplings, you know, naked in bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I have to be here for Ingrid tonight. It's really important. Besides, don't you have your other shady clients to get back to? And this I really like. He's, he's so smooth. Well, yes. But <laughs> no, <laughs> I could stay here with you. I really can. Like you said it earlier, he doesn't deny it. He just kind of reroutes it, typical lawyer fashion. He's he's so accepting. He's like, yes, I am a shady lawyer in every way, and it's what makes me amazing. And I'm like, oh, it is Harrison. Like, I just I also don't want him to leave. I, again, I felt Joanna. This was a moment that hit me. I have 100% kicked guys out of my apartment being like, yeah, my friend's going through something. I should really go see them. I'm like, this is a line for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Joanna. Oh. 
in there. On that, um, I haven't been there, done that, but I can, I can understand. But you also met your husband when you were like seventeen. I was eighteen. Thank you very much. By two weeks, but still, <laughs> got it all mapped out. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying you've been with your husband for a long time, so it's like. True. Yeah, I haven't had to do that, but yeah. vicariously lived through so many novels. <laughs> like, I know what's going on. Oh, they never say how awkward it is. It's so awkward. Because <laughs> you're really scared that the other person's going to call you out on your bullshit. But if they do, then you have to, like, call them out for why the reason you want to kick them out in the first place. So it's just this, like, over-layered thing that you're trying to not get into by being like, hey, I'm busy, get out. Instead of being like, I don't actually want you here because of reasons X, Y, and Z. And then being like, well, you're not so great because of reasons A, B, and C. And, like, starting a giant fight that neither of you really want to have. So you all just kind of accept this very poor lie so you can leave the situation. Like everyone knows it's a lie and it's mutually accepted that this is okay so that you don't have to argue. Adulting. And then if you're like me, you just never talk to them again. Again, I repeat, adulting. Healthy. Totally not, but still. No point. Yeah, there's there's good reasons to like not talk to people. I I respect it. There there's also like times where I was like, wow, I am a child. This is what it is. But I understand Joanna. I understood this like kind of look of panic she gets, and as she's like, yeah, we're leaving this situation. We're not talking about this. I can't talk about this right now, and leaves the situation. After all these, all these, all these? <laughs> God, what is happening tonight? After all these, uh, we cut to Dash, who's at the hospital, and he's looking at what looks like some x-rays on the computer screen. I wasn't really sure what they were. They were like medical scans of some form. So it's a heart, but it's still in like that x-ray format. So honestly, I don't understand how they get it because like... You kind of can get visualization kind of like that with a CAT scan, I believe it is, but um, it's not the same. So it's just, I think that's what medical records, though. It's a heart. They're supposed to be something more in depth. Medical stuff is happening. I was at least impressed that unlike most TV shows and movies that play like the medical card where they have like the overhead projector sheets that they like put in the light box and are like, here's your rib cage. Like, I have not seen one of those my entire life. We are a digital world. Stop pretending like these still exist. They don't. Well, they do, but my doctor's office still has them. What? Uh, but they don't use them. It was just they took a little while to switch over. Yeah, like I've been in the hospital twice and I've gotten like scans and they've never once been like hey overhead projector this shit no there's a computer in the room we will use said computer 
because it's 2021. <laughs> like, <laughs> so and in the show, it's 2013. I'm impressed that they were like, hey guys, it's 2013. <laughs> like, it was just- It had to be futuristic and let, what do you know, it worked out. <laughs> I'm giving them props. But as like Dash is staring at the scans of a heart, don't know how I got them, not important. Uh, Ghost Elise is like, enters the room and starts talking at him. Obviously Dash does not hear what she's saying. He can't see her in the room. We have already established he is human. Joanna tested him. We know what's up with him. And it's, it's pretty like heartfelt on Elise's side. She kind of apologizes for the night that, you know, this is like basically like Motherland Fort Salem. Trigger warnings of suicide and self-harm. Um, the night that Elise killed herself because she overdosed on pills and she apologizes that Dash had to be the one to find her like that. She didn't expect that to happen and she knew that he'd blame himself and that's not fair on him. It wasn't his fault. It was like her choice. It's it's very heartfelt. It's a very good like apology that she kind of says to him. Then obviously Dash can't hear it and she starts getting annoyed and is like, could you just even listen to me? And she moves her hand in front of his face to like try to get his attention. But when she does so, like the computer that he's looking at goes kind of wonky. So as the screens are going kind of wonky, Elise kind of realizes like, hey, I seem to be affecting technology and this screen in particular when I'm close to it. There might be something here. And as that goes down, Freya enters. And she obviously knows Elise is in the room. She can see Elise. She's just pretending she can't because Dash is there and she doesn't kind of come off as absolutely crazy. So she starts talking to Dash and basically says she knows the full history of Elise now. And why didn't he tell her? Valid questions. This is a valid question. And Dash, ah, oh Dash. Uh, Dash is kind of just like, oh, well, I don't like to think about it, especially because, like, I, I realized I never really loved her. I realized that long before, like, she even slept with Killian. I knew I didn't actually care about her. So, so really harsh, Dash. Like, like, I get it. You're trying to, like, reassure your fiance but at the same time you're reassuring her by being like yeah my first fiance I basically lied to most of our relationship saying I loved her turns out I didn't like what the fuck red flags oh so hard and he you know cherry on top is kind of like now that I've met you I know what real love is and like our worst day is better than my best day with Elise which is again rap to say but yeah. Elise obviously in the room hears it all pretty fucking hurt I would be too Elise you I, were in the same boat and then Dash like it's called away or has to leave because they're still in his hospital and he's like oh excuse me and leaves the room and once again Freya turns to Elise and is like yeah you gots to go like, 
you see what's happening now here. Like, Dash is in love with me. You got to get out of here. I'll help you move on. But, like, time to go, bitch. And Elise, though, oh, Elise, my girl at the end of this, like, comes in clutch with this, like, last word threat. And it's like, you can have him. He's not the one I'm here for anyway. And leaves. Like, oh, such a moment. Right, this whole scene is just a lot, I feel. It's a lot to unpack for a lot of the members. Because, like, obviously, I think Freya is faking being more understanding than she would be if Elise wasn't in the room. Because she's trying to lead this conversation to get Elise to, like, understand what is on this earth so she can get Elise to go back to like being dead but I do think if this was just a conversation her and Dash were having like in a random room of Fairhaven I think Freya would be more willing to flip a bitch and I would like to see that because I think we deserve to see that because I don't know what to do about Dash these days so we cut away from all this though this ominous threat from Elise, which is still pretty damn good. And we get to Joanna, who is just kind of like walking away from, you know, having just slept with Harrison. And she comes across Mora, who is like in the middle of the street, fucking losing it. Just losing her mind we get a couple like cuts to her vision where it looks like there's giant bugs crawling all over her obviously in like like, cockroaches yeah they're not fun bugs either they're not like i don't know what they're not i was gonna say a fun bug for me is like a spider but i know that would just be worse for like 90 percent of people so yeah (laughs) it's like it's not like they're fun like spiders and i was like no one would like that but me (laughs) like Like ladybugs 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 are beetles they bite they do i've been bitten before but they're still cute ladybugs are little bitches i don't like them because they've bitten me before and i was like can't trust them Trying to think of like a good bug, like butterflies. It's not like she's covered with butterflies. They can't bite you. They're pretty. Oh, but they will drink your blood if they find your carcass. Oh, that's fine. I'm dead already. <laughs> At that point, do what you want. I don't know want, if nature. it's still alive, but typically, like, they scavenge. I did not they'll know what they can get. Yeah, I thought they were scavengers. I don't think they're like vampiric, though. I don't think they're like, hmm, yes. <laughs> Are no, they? <laughs> like I said, that's what. No, you they definitely will, because it was one of those Tumblr posts that then I had to go and, and it's been a few years since I've looked it up. So, but I remember, because it was weird, and it might just be a special sort of butterfly, but definitely there's some butterflies out there that will suck your blood if that's all they got. Especially, they have just like gone up in my respect for them. Okay, I don't know if there's a nice bug out there that I don't know if I can even like think of one for this comparison. I feel like we just like debunked them. Butterflies are still fine, honestly. Like I don't know if they are. Actually vampiric, so 
No, I now will fully hold on to the fact that butterflies are vampiric and just like fly around being like, mm, yes, blood. <laughs> like, what a delight. Anyway, Mars having these hallucinations of what looks like cockroaches. And when we kind of bounce back from like what Joanna's seeing, it's like Mara's been like scratching herself raw. Like her whole arms are like pink and starting to look like the skin's about to crack. Her like hair is a mess. You can see parts where she's probably been like pulling on it, like trying to get these things that she's seeing off of her. She is a freaking wreck. And yeah, Joanna tries to help her and it like comes up to her and is like, oh my God, what is wrong? And we just kind of cut away to the scene to Wendy, who's um doing some night gardening. Yeah, that's weird. what I wrote with a question mark too. I thought I'm not the only one. Right. Yeah, she's like planting a random plant in the middle of the night. And I was just like, okay. Like, I, okay, so I thought maybe she was, because I wasn't 100% paying attention at first. Uh, I thought she was maybe picking like some herbs mm-hmm. for the ritual that we never got to see that never actually happened with them. But I have no idea. But I definitely put night garden in question mark. Yeah, Very me too. I it's like a two second thing, but fixated. I mean, I I assume I'm assuming in filming they just wanted to like do this outside because they could like probably have an easier time filming it. And they're just like, do an activity. And she was like, it's the middle of the night. They're like, just do something. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to plant this plant. Um, yeah, but casually doing some night gardening, which goals, I guess. And she gets a phone call from Freya, who's like freaking out and asking about ghosts and if they can actually hurt people. And Wendy kind of like thinks this through as she's talking to her and is like, well, I've only ever seen ghosts like do harmless stuff, like flip lights on and off, like cause little shortages in electrical wiring, those little things. But I guess if a ghost was like really determined to hurt someone, yeah, they could they could use that to cause physical harm. And Freya's like, great. And just like hangs up. It's like, shit, awesome. And as Wendy hangs on the phone with her and starts getting back to her night gardening, apparently a hobby of hers, uh, Joanna just kind of walks into frame and is like, yeah, she, she lost it, Wendy. And it's like, it's a really great scene. I would honestly say this is probably one of my favorite scenes of this entire episode. So Joanna's like, you can't lie to me anymore. I know you did a mind spell, Amara. And she she lost it. They took her to a mental institute. They had to like sedate her. She's gonna be there forever now because we can't reverse the spell. And she's lost her mind. She's insane because of you now, great. And first of all, the just steadiness of Joanna calling out Wendy, chilling. Joanna can be terrifying. This was one of those moments where I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I like the way that she she's talking a bit vaguely at first in, to the point where Wendy's like, who are you talking about? And then it seems very obvious that she is talking about Mara. But it's, yeah, chilling. I agree. Very uh, 
definitely felt like my own mother was mad at me. Right? I, I felt the disappointment. <laughs> but what I really like is Wendy makes this great, like, ending lines before she leaves. Because they kind of start arguing about it. And Wendy's like, I didn't expect her to react like that. This isn't how it was supposed to go down. And basically says, like, I had to do what I had to do. And Joanna's like, it's not okay for you to go around doing these spells on people. Like, you can't hurt people like this, Wendy. And then Wendy fucking calls out Joanna. It's like, oh, so it was okay for you to stab a man just a couple days ago. But the moment I step in to try to save you is the moment that everything I do is wrong and everything you do is morally correct. Oh, snap. And also... Came for the kill. How did you actually feel about Wendy's thing? Because I I felt like it was a little bit childish. And I I wasn't a fan because and honestly when we get to there's some parts later in the episode that kind of smooth it out and it's not so bad. But I totally was just like, Wendy, what the hell are you talking about? She stabbed the shifter that was after versus you melted someone's brain for a so, possibility. So first, I would say when it all started happening, when we first knew that like Wendy did this spell, Mara and like Harrison and Joanna did their initial confrontation, I was definitely team Joanna. I was like, yeah, like Wendy, fess up about it. How dare you? Grr end of this confrontation i am 100 team wendy like i was like yes respect it and it's purely because this is the line i wrote down because i was like oh this changed everything and it she's about to walk away and then she's like how about instead of yelling at me and disciplining me you give me a thank you thank you wendy for doing what needed to be done and she just walks away and i was like Shit, yes. I I agree. I am there. I, I think that's really right. the exact route that needed to be done. I think Wendy was right. I didn't feel so at this point. I and I, okay, so here's here's my reasons for thinking that. First of all, I did 100 percent trust Harrison. I'm like, yeah, Harrison could have probably fixed this. Fine, whatever. I agree. But Wendy, as we have noted, is someone who has also lived through the Salem witch trials and has seen the girls also die multiple times through persecution and discovery of other mortals. And I think that with this coupled with the shifter, Wendy is heavily on the defensive from both her past traumas and the impending doom that she's like here to fucking stop that her sister is going to permanently die. And in addition to that, her two nieces, basically her entire family, leaving Wendy alone forever because she's also immortal. So I think Wendy's heavily on the defensive and shoring up loose ends wherever she has to. And I think, I, I fully believe like if you were Joanna in this situation, I would have done what Wendy did. Yeah, well, you're crazy anyway, so that's not as reassuring. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, Bitch, never mind. 
No, I I didn't even think about actually just the combination of past trauma because that is definitely a big influence too. So good point. Thanks. I love Wendy and apparently more than Jade loves me. It's fine. Yeah, doesn't feel very good when your best friend doesn't really know anything about you on an episode. Now it does it. One episode. Repeatedly, though, the whole episode. It haunts me. I even put it in the episode notes. I was like, does Nikki actually know Jane? <laughs> oh, God. That was, I remember we got off that call and I was like, I am so sorry. I apparently know nothing about you. Oh, God. Anyway, but. I, I, despite your cruel words, if you had, if you had been Joanna in this situation, I think I would have done what Wendy did. Because I think also, like, we kind of discover it later too, but like, Wendy didn't know that it would go this severe for Mara. And I think if it had just been like, yeah, there's like a 10% chance she could go crazy, I would have taken that chance. Like, I would have played those odds. I would roll yeah. the dice. Like Wendy said... Uh, in every situation where it's you versus them, I'm gonna pick you. Yeah. So, I so I'm Team Wendy. What can I say? It's like being Team Edward, but she's still not us. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> moving on. But 100% cooler because um, I never read those books. Did watch the movies though. Moving on. So we cut away from this amazing argument, possibly the best scene of the episode. And Freya just kind of like runs into the bar. And Killian's there, just kind of working, doing his life, doing his job. Yeah, so Freya kind of comes in and is like, hey, what's going on? Everything, everything fine? Jukebox not exploding? Weird lights? How's how's technology treating you? (laughs) Killian, to his credit, is like taking her insanity in stride. It's just like, yeah, it's it's cool. It's your night off. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's your first time working solo. I thought I'd I thought I'd help you come and I'll 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 help clean up and keep an eye on ev- everything. Cause she's having an internal fucking panic attack. And I really like Killian's like, okay, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine so not fine like she's not playing this cool at all and I I freaking adored it and this basically leads to they end up like working the bar that whole night they're closing they're the only two there and like Freya's trying to do inventory or something she's literally just like stacking and cleaning glasses one after another at a ridiculously slow pace and Killian's like on the other side of the bar and she's like okay don't take this the wrong way but go home Freya's like no you need me here it's fine I'll just stay I'll just stay longer until like we close up and you go home and you're not here it's fine Killian like goes take some stuff to the storage room and as he's leaving he's like first you love me then you hate me now you love me again I can't keep up and I was like yeah, that's, that's basically what's going on here. That's the read on this situation. 
I love Killian. It's <laughs> the reason I'm mean yeah, to Dash. Getting, it's one of them. Getting more interesting by the episode. <laughs> it's just... I think because, like, now that we're kind of deeper in the season, he's also kind of, like, chilled on his, like, blatantly hitting on Freya. Now he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, she knows how I feel. We know where we stand. It is what it is. And it's just let him be a bit more, like, casual, fun player. And I I adore it. I'm here for it. He's also the one who, like, told her the whole story of Elise, which, you know, I respect some honesty on these things. And Right? Wouldn't that have been nice to hear from her own fiancé? But... Right? That, that's why, and that's why I feel like I'm also, like, talking Killian up more is because Dash is disappointing me so much. So it's like, if I raise my love of one of them, I have to drop it in the other, and it's it's one of those weird, yeah, weird experiences. Vibra <laughs> <Libra> time. <laughs> so I mimic a stale, but no one can see. So as this happens, uh, the power starts to go super wonky. Killian's no longer in the room, but we see the spirit of Elise who showed up. And she starts like playing with the lights and turns on the jukebox. And Freya's kind of wandering the bar being like, yo, Elise. Please don't kill us. It's fine. This is fine. You have to go. Like, I know you're mad, but like, don't kill us. And this is where we find the full story of Elise, where she actually appears in front of Freya and says that she loved Killian. She's still in love with Killian. And if she's going back to being dead, she is taking Killian with her. Oh. Yeah, she went a little crazy. <laughs> I That's love it point. when it's directed at Dash. I hate it when it's directed at Freya. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> Valid. Valid. So yeah, apparently she'd been in love with Killian for a while and then she was got Killian to sleep with her. Her words, not mine says that she finally got Killian to sleep with her and then like they both broke up with her probably for a lot of reasons here at least I'm sorry and she makes the power go really crazy she goes to the electrical box and uh, um Freya hits the floor as there's like sparks flying uh, the overhead light is blowing up and everything kind of goes dark and calm for a moment when Killian kind of re-enters off screen as like, yo, Freya, what's going on? And Freya screams, don't turn on the light switch, but Killian doesn't follow orders and goes to flip on a light switch and immediately gets electrocuted and collapses. Ouch. Yeah, we're really just knocking uh, off the boyfriends recently. So, true. True that. But also, I, <laughs> it's such an intense scene, but I laughed very loudly when he gets <laughs> shocked because it's the super overdone shocking <laughs> of, you know, definitely super Hollywood, definitely screen. He just like grazes the light switch and then his body is thrown backwards like three feet and he slams against the wall slumps down very hard <laughs> which 
doesn't happen. You just drop. Or, you know, you're seizing up a little bit. You fall. You might stumble. No, you don't really stumble, I don't think, because you're seizing up. It's been a while since I've had to, like, think about that much electricity (laughs) in the body. But, I know. I know. You freeze up, and then you fall. Um... Well, I also just watched a video of some guys hiding under a tree during a storm, and it gets struck by lightning, and then they all fall over because they were touching the tree. Um, but it's so anywho, just got into a little discussion about that with my husband. Is that wood non-conductive though? Uh, technically. But also, so oh, I, have to, I have to now. Science. So it's it's conductive. It's just not optimal because there's a lot of actual like art things where you put diodes on either side, and the electricity will find the easiest path, and that's how we get like the very cool like lightning on wood designs. Uh, but also, actual lightning is fucking nuts. It's not like you're gonna jump back as a huge force like that. Killian played it up. He hammed it up a bit, is what we're hearing. <laughs> Basically. So he he gets knocked the F out. He goes to the hospital. I'll tell you that right now. But before I get more into him, I want to jump back a little bit because the show's been jumping around a bunch. There's a few things I want to talk to talk about. Before we get to killing it again. Namely, there's a really quick scene with Ingrid and Adam. And I love it. Ingrid is telling, you know, Adam why he died. They're going over it. He forgives her for the resurrection spell. And then he already knows that his window is closing. She's like, oh. How did you know? (laughs) Death brings an intrinsic wisdom. And he just very wise sounding, very all knowing. And no, you guys were just loud earlier. (laughs) That's how I heard. The fact that Adam immediately is like, yeah, I forgive you for causing my death. Adam is too pure for this world. Like, I'm like, oh my God, Adam. Like, ugh. Like, obviously, she didn't mean to, but that's rough. And then, like, hey, do you want me to stay? I want to stay with you. Like, it's okay. We'll make this work. I don't know what's on the other side. We could do this. <sighs> so sweet. Oh, so naive. Oh, Adam, you're he, he has to die. He's too pure for us. Like, we. Especially Ingrid does not deserve him. Well, as Wendy had said previously, he can't go out and do things, so it's not going to be fun for him. She's going to look crazy all the time just trying to talk to him because only certain people can see him. And she's going to grow in her own right. So what happens when she suddenly, like basically outgrows him because of all the reasons that she just talked about. Very valid thing to think about. 
feelings hurt right now, but in the long term, yeah. I also just thought about this. We know that like Freya and Ingrid are cursed to always die young. She's gonna die probably if statistics have anything to do with it anytime soon. And then it's like, what, Adam just is alone? Right, that's a good question. And actually that brings up a follow-up question that's semi-random. I don't recall for some reason. Do you know how old they are in this lifetime of theirs? I know Ingrid's the oldest by like a couple years. I think two or three. I do know right now Freya is 29. Purely because I know in the second season, there's an episode where we celebrate her 30th birthday. Well, thank you. So we got over real quickly to Wendy waking up. Joanna fell asleep on the couch. Asked her if she was waiting up to kick Wendy out of her life again. Well, no. Surprise, surprise. Wendy, you were right. I did some thinking. Oh, okay. So apparently I chopped up lines earlier. This is where Wendy says when it's Joanna or the world, I'm always going to choose Joanna. So team Wendy. Right. And then, yeah, Wendy is going on basically that same tone a family and I'm here for you and I'm not perfect. And Joanna interrupts her with, uh, uh, well, I slept with Harrison. <laughs> and uh, it was great. And Wendy is so proud of her. Like, it's such a cute shift and sister moment. And just like, okay, I was so behind that other thing. But now that we're talking about this, I am so behind this topic. <laughs> I love Wendy is like... She shifts gears so easily. It's like, yes, let's have a heart-to-heart, really talk about magical responsibility. Tell me about the sex. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Joanna, though. Typical mom. Okay, shared my good news. And then circles back to, but yeah, you're right about that lesson we were just talking about before I interrupted. <laughs> um, Wendy asked for help in making it right. Well, we can't make it right. Because it's a memory spell. I told you that. But I'll help you make it better. So sweet. So now we're going to go back to Killian the hospital. Because I feel like it doesn't rush in the show. But everything kind of just keeps following the tracks at this point. Killian wakes up in the hospital bed. Hallelujah. Freya's sitting on his bed first thing he sees when he wakes up. Beautiful. The joke, you know, flirt. Um, ends with, oh, you know, you know, I'll do these things because I'm your sister-in-law. That's what we do. Hot, steamy look. You're not my sister-in-law yet. Whew. All right there, Killian. We to just jump right on the tracks. <laughs> of course, Man that's when died. Penelope and Dash. Yeah, well, <laughs> get it. <laughs> oh, I feel like Penelope we should also... and Dash walk in. 
I feel like we should also know, uh, yeah, so when he was rushed to the hospital, Dash is the one who saved his life. Um, we had to get the crash cart. And, like, Dash, like, restarted his heart. So, like, that 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 all happened. Just, just saying. So, um, also, that scene bugged me if we're going to talk about it. I thought I did. <laughs> we're at the bar. And then he's all the way in the hospital. Like, they basically triaged him. And he's in a room in the ER when they get the crash cart. So he's been dead this whole time. And no one's performing CPR at all. So he's fucked. That's not how it works in real life. See, I, I didn't know if they were in a room. It looked like they were in a hallway to me. But for all I know, it was a room. But I also wondered, because there were, like, EMTs around him, I wondered if they were, like, doing CPR and, like, trying to keep him alive and then, like, wheeled him in and, like, stopped so we could have this scene where it was like, hey, Doc, he's dead. <laughs> Fix it. Like, I I don't pretend no medicalness, but I know this is, like, TV theatrical medicalness, so I was willing to play along for the thrill. It was, too, because I knew kind of where it was going, but... Exactly. It still drove me nuts because I'm pretty sure they were talking about how, like they couldn't get but no. Anywho, I'm pretty sure that. he was dead from the get go. <laughs> but whatever. I do. There's there's a line be- between the heavy flirtingness of uh, Freya and Killian. I do also like when Killian wakes up. Freya's like, "Show what a great person I am. I will go and get you anything you want from the vending machines." As long as it's pretzels, because they're out of absolutely everything else. And I was like, so true. <laughs> this is like, I spent so much time visiting hospitals. I'm like, why is there always only pretzels left? <laughs> I just like really related to it. I was like, all right, back on our timeline. Penelope and Dash walk in. Freya leaves. Penelope is such a golden delight. Her first words to her nearly dead son. Once you're out of here, we need to get you a haircut. <sighs> Lovely. Feeling that love. You don't. Your son has beautiful anymore. hair. Her son has beautiful yes. hair. Like, if it was greasy and limp and horrid, I'd be like, sure, he doesn't know how to upkeep hair. Get it all cut off. But, like, he conditions. It looks great. Exactly. Dash is studying the machines he's hooked up to, just studiously ignoring the fact that Killian's talking. But Killian is the bigger person. It, you know, gets Dash's attention and like a very heartfelt thank you for saving my life. So cheesy. Dash is like, yeah, whatever. Fucking Dash. You're welcome. Yeah, he's like, it's my job, and just, like, walks out, and I was like, fuck you, man, like, I, still, like, where's Elise, let's kill Dash again, like, let's, let's kill someone else this time, oh, well, lucky for you, Elise is basically right down the hall, Freya, as she's walking out, finds Elise, still in the hospital, they talk, they have a good heart-to-heart, ends up with Freya 
telling Elise that she needs to leave by sunrise before she's stuck here forever. And basically, like, hey, I don't want you to go through that because eventually it's going to get horrible. And Evil Young on the other side, I can't make you go. You have to do it on your own. But I will help you go. Which was really sweet. Quite liked it. Flip over to Ingrid is in the kitchen uh, back home. Joanna comes up and says, hey, Wendy told me about Adam. Not mad, but the decision's all up to you, Ingrid. And uh, Ingrid's just so lost. Like, Mom, you're supposed to basically tell me what to do. Don't you have motherly advice? Like, follow your heart. Do the right thing. Just follow your heart. Do the right thing. But Mom, they're telling me two different things. Well? (laughs) So Joanna goes on to actually give some motherly advice. Just points out, Ingrid, you've had a lot of lifetimes. In all your lifetimes, I've seen you fall in love, fall out of love, move through it all. Yes, it's your first time falling in love in this life, but it won't be your last. Which is really sweet. Cut over to Adam is looking at his gravestone, which also, like, kudos to the gravestone company because those things take weeks and months. Months. And this is like the Two day after later. his funeral. <laughs> yeah, if that. So, damn. Yeah, we just, uh, when my grandparents passed, we, like, because they were cremated, but we just, like, had their gravestones, like, in our house for a time, because it was, like, we had the ashes and the remains, and then it was, like, they sent us, like, through mail the gravestones, because they were just, like, plaques, like, they were, like, the marble plaque ones, and they're, like, here you go, and it was just, like, yeah, they died, like, a year ago, thanks. Rat Adam's grave. He walks into a pentagram made of flowers, which is honestly like the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. Yes, from here on out, I am so in love with the scenes. The episode makes it, these these scenes really make the episode for me because it's just, it's pretty, it's beautiful emotionally. So Ingrid and Adam now standing in the pentagram made of flowers. Adam's afraid to leave her. They know that he won't be able to come back again. It's a one-time trip. But then he, you know, that's okay. I'll watch over you. So sweet. We pan on to Ingrid's spell book. And then we pan out to show Freya. He's also in a pentagram of flowers holding that same spell book. Except she's back at their house and has Elise in the pantagram with her. You know, they talk a little bit, but basically ends with Elise asking Freya, just make sure Dash and Killian don't hate each other forever. Um, Elise and Freya join hands. Cut to Ingrid and Adam also joining hands. You know, cut back and forth as both witches say the spell which translates to spirit return to their destruction, really. 
which is not as reassuring, but whatever. Makes sense considering you only get one. They've used their one. Um, Adam gives Ingrid just one final kiss before he disappears forever, which is super sweet. The wind was blowing as they were saying the spell. It calms down, and we see that the spell works for both ghosts. Pentagrams are destroyed now. The ghosts are gone. It's a relief. Super beautiful. Loved it. I love this idea of put it, making pentagrams out of flowers. Like, I, I have a patio. I live in an apartment. Like, that's that's not on the table for me. Don't get me wrong. If I lived on acres, like some people here, and had, like, full gardening, I would fucking garden the fuck out of that. Like, I would just garden a pentagram everywhere. But as an apartment girl, I did really like the idea of getting like fake flowers and then like setting them up on my floor because I do have an open floor. I can do shit with that. So that's now on the books. Yes. Although in their defense, it was like fresh cut flowers. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But yes. On a budget. I don't have time. I like the idea of. All righty, moving on. <laughs> um, beautiful saints. Cut over to Joanna and Wendy are visiting Mara. We come across her beautiful sunny day. Mara's gardening in her front yard. Say, hey, you know, how are you? How are things? They're perfect. Bill comes over and kisses Mara on the cheek. It's super sweet. And then we pan out, and it turns out we were in. Mara's head. She is lying in the psych ward, strapped to her bed, just blank-eyed. And Joanna and Wendy walk away. Cut over one more time to Ingrid, lingering at Adam's gravestone. She goes to walk back home, and you know, we kind of pan out, see another very old gravestone. It says, Ingrid Rochamp. Uh, born 1876, died 1906. And this is why also I was asking what her age was because according to this gravestone, she lived 30 years. And I thought this was the longest she's lived, but apparently I thought it was by years, but not necessarily. It sounds like this is the longest she's lived by like a couple months. Well, like, like I said, I think she's a few years older than Freya. So she should be like 33 by now, 32. And Joanna has said that this is the longest she's ever gotten the girls to live. So I think probably like Freya's, excuse me, Ingrid's probably like running out the clock by like a few years. Like, and you know, if you're a mom whose kids keep dying, like every month is like win. Um, so I do think this is the longest that Ingrid has ever lived by at least two to three years. But I don't know how much older she's supposed to be than Freya. For all I know, she's like five years older than Freya, but that that seems not right. <laughs> yeah, I think the two is what I've been estimating. Yeah, in which case she's about but... 32 right now. Mm-hmm. Which means this is the oldest she's lived, but not by too much. Yeah. It was like I was definitely picturing by like a decade. Yeah. Close to it. But no. no. 
No, 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 no. But I... So I, I watched this episode, like, today, and then I did all my notes and we did all this. I really, really loved this episode, and I think it's because I think we, like, concluded a lot of our, like, little mysteries. Like, we didn't pull them all out throughout the season, so we had, like, way too many mysteries. So I think if we'd, like, kept playing out the, like... <laughs> yes. No, you're exactly, you're completely right. Like, I, I think if we kept pulling out the whole, like, someone Ingrid loves is gonna die, like, this entire season, I would have been so fed up with it by the end. I was like, can we just murder someone already? Like, I, I don't think I would have taken it well. But, you know, we had, like, a good six episodes with Adam. Adam was too good for us, and his death, like, it hurt, but we got, like, a good conclusion to it. We like figured out the mystery of Elise. We got that all like wrapped up and put away. Joanna is no longer on trial for murder. That's all wrapped up and put on the shelf. So now it's like we have all this room with what's left of the season to just focus on the main mystery, which I'm happy about. Sure, that's a good point. I I I felt a good amount of like fulfillment from this episode I was like ah we figured out so much like oh like that was good so much is like neatly wrapped put away all I have to worry about is just like one other thing it just it made me feel very contented by the end of the episode I mean I felt contented but mostly just because it was I think honestly because this is the ending scene it was cute <laughs> I liked it wrapped it up except for the stupid gravestone at the very very end such a little teaser that I did not appreciate. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, right. Trying to think back too of like, oh gosh, when this show was new way back when. I especially would have hated that teaser as I have to wait for another one. But now that I can just binge them all. Thank you, Hulu. <laughs> this cliffhanger isn't as bad as the Motherland Fort Salem cliffhangers I feel like we had. Because I feel like at the end of every episode, it was like, now what? And like, we never felt like we wrapped up like anything. It was like, ha ha ha, what next? But this episode was like, all right, so much was done. Look at us go. Are we all ready to journey on to the main problem of our lives? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Woo. <laughs> yeah. I I think it I think it's um a more casual watch than Motherland Fort Salem because like yeah there's little teasers and I do like want to keep watching but it's not so much just like oh my god I have to watch the next episode it's like ooh what's next like it's much nicer but did you have anything else to say about the episode or should we nope I do not little... let's get to our deep dive deep dive time our new theme song for deep dives hope you enjoyed it <laughs> you're welcome we're so musically talented if you can't tell <laughs> <laughs> so deep dives in the spirit of this episode we decided to talk about spirits and hauntings <laughs> some of our favorite things so Heck i yes. 
I don't have like much to say about this. I have a fun like haunting story and I have a few like little things like spirit spell suggestions, but I don't know if you had a lot you wanted to throw in and start us out with and be all educational. Um I got some things, but no, no, I'm curious. You start us off. What what do you have? Uh, should I start with my little haunting story? Absolutely. All right, let's start there. Let's let's start there. I think you've heard this story. You've definitely heard this story because I definitely talked to you about it as it was happening. I, yeah. um, oh wait, is this this is your apartment? Isn't it? Yeah, this is my old apartment. I, okay. I was, yeah. yeah, double checking. Yeah, that's that's my most recent. We've had a one. few run-ins, so that's that's definitely my that. most recent one. I will say though, uh, my grandmother's house, my grandmother who's still alive, her house is haunted as shit. Like, like I she, swear, it's a nexus of something. Somehow, it's a gate. I also know that like. This is, I, I don't know this. This is a running like narrative of the family, but I don't know if this like actually happened. But my grandmother and her family, my parents and their siblings and so on, uh, they moved into that house like in the 60s, I wanna say, back in the day. And they also then decided to add on to the house because they had like five kids and it was originally only a three bedroom house. So they wanted to like add an extra room or two. So back in the sixties, they were like adding on to the house. And this again is a story. I don't know how true it is, but apparently when they were doing so, uh, the contractor found what appeared to be human remains. Ooh. Not for certain they were bones and like I kind of believe it because most contractors know what human remains look like because that's like they, they've kind of dealt with them probably a lot in their lives like that's not news for like development but apparently they came across human remains and it was the 60s so they just didn't tell anyone. Oh. And uh, went about their business building that parlor. So I don't know for sure if this is like true or accurate. For all I know, they came across the remains of like a cow because I was not born. I, my mother wasn't born yet. Like this is all just hearsay, like family folk story shit. But that house haunted as fucking shit. Like everyone has seen a ghost there. I used to house sit and pet sit in that house. And like, I'd go up there at like eight o'clock at night, take care of the pets. I'd have to turn on every single fucking light in that house. Cause it was so goddamn terrified to be there by myself at night. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. don't like it. Not here. But yeah, there's a reason why uh, we did the spirit board at Nikki's parents' house, which was just, hop skip or throw away from this grandmother's house mm-hmm. virtual hot zone that that house is there's there's weird shit in that house and like we all know it we're, we're all aware but mm-hmm. that's not the story i'm gonna say because like i said i was like a kid through most of the time i was there and uninteresting my little haunting story from my last apartment was much more recent where at my old apartment, um, I lived in like an older, 
it was like a house that had been renovated to make like three apartments. So it was kind of weird anyway. Like the geometry of it was kind of weird. The architecture was kind of weird because it wasn't meant to be apartments. It was meant to be a house. But while I was living there, it it just kind of had like, again, that vibe, that like feel where you're like, oh, I am, I am not as alone as I think I am. This is thrilling. So I had two major like interactions there and I believe, I don't know for certain, but I think there were two ghosts in the house. Uh, one of them who did not like me and one of them who was just like trying to be a jerk from time to time, just like, you know, your typical like, haha, spirit. And I was like, why? But the one I had with the one that didn't like me was like one night, I'm a night owl. I stay up till like 3 a.m. I know it's not healthy. Don't at me. But so one night it was like 2 a.m. and I had roommates and I went out to, I think the kitchen to like get a snack or something. And there's like a little hallway I had to turn through to like get to the kitchen. And so I open the door, I start walking through the hallway and there was like a dark form, like just like literally like waiting for me in the hallway. And I like jumped a mile, squeaked, like jumped back to the point where I hit the back wall, kind of like bruised myself up. And I thought that it was like my roommate who was maybe like coming to knock on my door, like maybe he wanted something. So I was like, what the fuck, man? And um, then I like, turned back, resigned myself after like hitting myself up on the wall and no one was there. I did not like this ghost. This ghost did not like me. It was what it was. And he and I were not friends. Um, I also used to hear like knockings and scratchings on my door. And this was before we had a cat. So there was no actual like reason why that would be happening. And I guess I was also a night owl. My roommates were all like morning people. So this would always happen around like midnight. It, it was not cool. It was super fun. I ended up like doing a bunch of like wards and stuff around my room because like I did not like this ghost. And then I had another ghost that I think was just like here to play with me, which is fine. But I sometimes had shit to do. So the main one I mostly remember with that was like, this one day I was running super late for work. This was pre-COVID when I had to like go into an office. And it was one of those mornings where like everything keeps going wrong where it's like, oh my God, I need to change my shirt because now I spilled coffee on it. Like da da da. So I was running super late and I used to keep my purse in my room. So I grabbed my purse out of my room and I like wore it to leave. And then I was like, shit, I actually want to get like a protein bar. So I put it on the table and then I went to get my protein bar. I went to grab my purse and run out and like I have one of those purses that can become like a crossbody purse or just like a regular purse so there's like two d rings and then like two little like hook double hooks that like click in and do the strap so I go to pull the purse back off the table and uh one of like the hooks had been undone so when I went and pulled the strap the strap just halfway broke off not broke off it'd been unhooked and the whole bag went flying across the room and everything spilled out. The reason I bring this up, because there's no reason for that to have happened because I was literally just wearing that purse and the straps were fine. So I was like this bitch of a ghost. And so I was like on my hands and knees, literally like cleaning everything up. 
I was the only one in the house at that point. And I was just like, I started yelling at the house because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you want to pull this right now? Like, I'm running so late. You pulled this shit. Do you think this is funny? And then a painting fell off the wall. I was like, cool. I'm glad you think this is funny. I don't think this is fucking funny. So those were my two ghosts. One of them kind of just there to annoy me. The other one hated him. Uh, They ended up eventually, I think, kind of leaving slash just like stop bugging me. I don't know if they got bored with me or what. But I do remember on uh, Salwin of that year, because I moved in like over the summer when all this went down. And then for Salwin, I always do like an altar for like the deceased and like, you know, like thin veil and everything. So I did like a full altar of that in my room. I left out like alterings and lit black candles and like all that stuff. I said some spells and then like everything settled down. So I don't know if they just like left or if they just kind of like stopped bugging me. But um, during this whole thing too, this is like a fun haunting spirit education thing. If your house is haunted or you have spirit activity in it, it also usually attracts like rodents and stuff like vermin. So oftentimes like attract like swarms of flies or like a ton of spiders or like all these like things that are kind of supposed to be omens for like the dead and like kind of attributed to it. So when the spirits were still there and this was all going down, I one day came home from work and found a giant millipede in my room. It was like, yeah, it was like probably about full length size of my face. And it wasn't a centipede. I've seen a ton of centipedes in my life. Those are just like little creatures. It was a full on like millipede. Like it had all the tiny legs. It was black armored. It was just crawling across my floor. I ended up like grabbing a jar and like putting it down in front of it and it just like crawled in. I took it outside, but I was like, oh, this is not a good sign. Like not a good omen. So I've since left that apartment. And like I said, I think they kind of like settled down before I left, but that was my fun little haunting. Super fun. There was actually one of the... One big branch that I helped out at, I swear was haunted, but it's a bank instead of a grocery store. There wasn't a whole lot I could do, so I ended up um, sprinkling Palo Santo oil just in each of the, like across the doorways and um, into the corners and, you know, accidentally dropping some salt somewhere (laughs) and some outlines because salt is legitimate like that is a tv trope but that is true salt is a good purifier for all sorts of spells it's great for spirits too based in fact yes but i mean like yeah like if we go educationally yeah if you're doing spirit work if you're working with like hauntings or anything salt cedar awesome those are like two of your go-tos um purple is kind of the color of choice I ended up when I was like warding my room I remember I kind of added some herbs I can't remember what the herbs were I tried to find like my spell but I think I made it up and then like threw it away um but what I did like to do yeah you know 
I'm a poor witch. What can I say? Everything goes straight into the spell book. Come on. I, if for all I know, it's in my book of shadows and I'm just like, that's not it. I'm just going past it. Like, uh, gotcha. Yeah. It's I, my spell book's kind of like Hopefully. chaotic. Like, I, I don't know what else to say about it. But when I ended up doing, and this is why I'm kind of like, that's not really important. What's important is like how it kind of got executed. Well, I ended up warding my room, which I think was the right call, because, like, I had millipedes in that room. I had rats in that room. Never the rest of the house. Only that room. And I was like, I don't think these spirits like me. I felt very targeted. But um, I added all, like, my herbs together, and then I just kind of, like, wet them with um, oils and water. And I ended up like turning it into a paste and I would draw my sigils and my wards with that paste on like little tiles of paper. And I put those in like the four corners of my room. And I think it really helped. I think that was like one of my best ideas. So if you like feel like you want to like ward a room and you know, you're in an apartment where you're like, I'm not going to paint on my own walls and stuff. Like, I think that's an excellent idea. If you do have spirit attached, like you'll notice, typically um, lack of energy. It's sort of like, you know, depression-like symptoms. Um, and so I have found it very helpful to do sort of a, you know, a cleansing, banishment, etc. And then one of the things, too, is when you're having a spirit that's not so friendly they typically you know they start dragging you down you feel bad and then that attracts another one and then they make you feel worse and then that attracts another one and it just it's a vicious cycle until you can do things about it so I do think it's rough sometimes I do think the show is right. Like you can't force a spirit to like move on or go to another plane or like get out. You can force them away from you. Like you can do banishments and bindings and cleansings and wardings to force them out of your proximity, but actually like getting them away away. That's, that's their own deal. That's out of your hands. True. They're there for their own reasons. Yeah, they got their own shit. Spirits are not always a bad thing, having them around. Uh, lots of times they are because they get trapped on this side, but not always. Yeah. Um, there are, I mean, honestly, like, in the show they go with, yeah, you just get one. Well, I'm pretty sure there's just some holes in the doorway, honestly. Um, some slip through. Some are bad. Some are good. Some have fun in this world. And also, like, for Belle Pain and things like that, you purposely do that. Uh, Dia de los Muertos, you know, the spirits are slipping through, and you're paying homage to your ancestors, and you want to see those spirits, and you want to bask in their glory. There's lots of things like that from cultures all over the world. But again, it's celebration, it's temporary. It's influence on your life in a hopefully positive way is the goal. 
So just because we've been talking about spirits and hauntings and in that uniform, it's not always. I do, I do recommend like things that are like Salin and like Day of the Dead, where like I do really think the veil is like thinner at that time. I think it is a bit more probably a revolving door. Hence why I was like after that holiday and after I did that altar, like it seemed like the ghosts might have left. And, I, and like, I don't know if they just like got sick of me or like what, but I'm like, maybe they just are kind of like, oh, cool, peace. And just like bounced. So who knows? I have, I'm not a ghost hunter. I cannot say. Right. But I think that's it for, that's all I have for hauntings. <laughs> I was just about to say, I, I don't think I have any more things I can pull out of my bag. So, Nikki, which is on the couch? St. Patrick's Day. Several weeks after. Apologize for that. But, Nikki, what are we drinking today? So, as you said, St. Patrick's Day, at least in our time. Um I made a whiskey drink, which is very strange for me because I'm really not a dark liquor drinker. Like I, I despise scotch. Come for me. I don't care. It's trash. That's understandable. Uh, it's nasty. So gross. This, this is just regular whiskey. I, I prefer usually like silver tequilas and gins and all that, but it's St. Patrick's Day. I felt like I had to do something. So I went with just a, a whiskey. And I made a whiskey sour because that's basically the only way I can drink whiskey these days because I don't really like it. But made a couple whiskey sours. They're, they're good. Like they're usually a good also like go-to bar drink where if you're just like, you're at a bar, you want something kind of quick that the bartender probably won't like be upset that you ordered. There you go. Like that's it. It's easy peasy. It's a good drink. You can kind of sip on it. That's that's what I've been doing. So here's to you, St. Patrick's Day. I drank whiskey. I hope you're proud. But Jade, what have you been drinking tonight? I've been drinking Guinness beer. Mm. Nice, easy peasy. I drink it all the first time. Like, my family doesn't, doesn't stick around very long. But... <laughs> gotta especially drink it on St. Patrick's Day. See, this this just like reassures that I don't think I'm very Irish at all. I don't like Guinness. I don't like whiskey. I'm like, I don't think I could make it in Ireland. No, probably not. No, but that's I, okay. You know what? Everyone's a little Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I, I have like really pretty green nails, so. You do. You do. Like, they're very sparkly. Yeah. I tried to do like a, like those little shamrocks. Which, oh, yeah, you and tried. Then, and then there's a rainbow nail and like <laughs> a little pot of gold. Sparkly goldenish. Yeah, mine's just like, um, see if I got it. That's just very sparkly green. Yes, very pretty. They're very like sparkly. It. Thanks. Well, then, I'm glad to see we're trying to be Irish. One of us actually is. <laughs> One of us is really phoning it in. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, and honestly, so in this episode, in life, uh, in the deep dive, we got to some really tough topics. So if you ever, if 
feel like you're getting down deep, deep, deep. It's not always because of spirits, unfortunately. Our brains just stop producing the chemicals we need. So if you get down deep enough and you're contemplating suicide, do not do it. Please, please, please don't talk to yourself. It's really hard to open up, but it starts to help. So if you're feeling deep down that way, call the suicide hotline 1-800-273-8255. You can also text 24-hour crisis line at 741-741. Or you can walk into an ER and tell them about your suicidal ideations and they can put you on a little lockdown, talk to some therapists that way. Thank you everyone for joining us on this day, evening, afternoon, morning, late night, whenever you get around to listening to us these days, you know, it's COVID. We live by our own rules. Time means nothing. The freaking daylight savings thing just proved a way to piss me off. All that aside, thank you everyone for listening to us. If you like our show, please like, like, rate, review. I don't know what you have to do, but do something to help other wandering witches maybe come across our podcast, see what's up, hear about more hauntings. Who knows? You can also follow us on Instagram where we are just witches on the couch. We just kind of post like fun little witchy stuff. So that's, that's always a good time. That aside, uh, thank you for joining us, everyone, and have a great night. Bye, guys. Bye.